Welcome, welcome to the Accept Then Achieve podcast, where we help high achievers follow their hearts and achieve more through self-acceptance first. I'm your host, Dr. Tony, MD, cartoonist, and nomad. I was a model Asian child, an Ivy League doctor until age 30, but in 2018, I quit to pursue my true passions for art, teaching, and traveling the world. Despite furious backlash, disappointment, and outcasting from my Asian immigrant family. Tiger parenting and other high-pressure cultures demand that we conform and achieve in order to finally feel worthy, good enough, and acceptable. But they have it backwards. Achieving through pushing and shaming ourselves wrecks our mental health and can only get us so far. We may end up feeling burnt out or empty because those goals weren't truly meaningful to us, even though we did all the right things. There's a kinder, wiser, and more effective way to live and achieve. This show will help you discover who you truly are apart from others' expectations and create an authentic and joyful life of natural excelling from your fullest expression. Who you are is more than okay and more than enough. You belong unconditionally. And you can actually achieve more if you accept first. Let's dive in. Hi, friends. For this episode, I figured I would do a time-sensitive one since we are in the holiday season. And this episode will be all about tips, tools, and strategies that you can use for when you have to deal with or face perhaps difficult family members or anyone whom you may feel conflicting feelings about in your life, whom you sometimes both look forward to and a little bit dread or have anxiety about seeing. And so this is to help you just maintain more peace and presence and calm manage the stress and manage all the difficult emotions that may arise and navigate this in a more graceful way. I know this is very personal for me because I've lived this my whole life and it's always the once a year visit where I would go back and be gently, but often harshly reminded of all of my life milestones and all that I'm missing in regards to getting there, sadly. From things like nosy invasive questions, from random friends of family, from extended distant relatives, and to outright very invasive comments and judgmental remarks and outbursts about my appearance, my lifestyle choices, a whole host of many things. And so here are some strategies for protecting your privacy, peace, and values. And I've given this talk and workshop a lot, and it's too much to share in one episode, but I will share some of the most biggest snippets. And certainly feel free to message me if you'd like a copy of a replay of one of those talks or to go further and attend one live at some point. We do have Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year coming up next month. So it might be a timely time to do another one. So anyway, I just wanted to say first off that holidays, there are so many customs 
and traditions and expectations surrounding them, but you have a right to decide what they mean to you and how you want to celebrate them or not. Some people just choose not to acknowledge them because they're just artificially created days of any day that's not really very different. What makes them different from the other days? Of course, aside from the religious significance or other historical significances of them, some people choose to celebrate every day. And so I definitely encourage you to just find whatever they mean to you and know that it's all okay. So first, with that being said, you are not obligated to go to any reunions or visit anyone if you're just not feeling it that year or if you don't feel ready or strong enough or if you're stressed out by something else and something happened, it is okay to say no, to honor your energy and yourself and rest or spend it with people who do nourish you or perhaps people that wouldn't bring so much stress and drama. So first off, just ways that you can say no is you can just use a gentle reason, perhaps one that they could understand such as, oh my gosh, work is so busy. I just don't have enough paid days off or flights or tickets are just too expensive. I'm gonna save up so I can visit in the future or perhaps at a different time or I, have a lot of other errands or other plans or other guests or even visiting, things like that. Again, there is no obligation, no matter what someone has done for you, sacrificed for you, it doesn't automatically give them a right to demand a sort of reciprocity or anything like that back from you, especially if they don't treat you well. You do not have to tolerate disrespect or belittling or bullying or hazing from anyone, even your parents. Because expressing your gratitude and appreciation for their sacrifices in birthing, raising you, doesn't mean giving in or agreeing or obeying every request or demand that they put on you. You have this right to protect your energy. And I encourage you to check in with yourself and take at least five minutes, at least five minutes, ideally 30 minutes or an hour of alone time, just to really check in with you and notice how you feel, especially right after interacting with someone. Do you feel more energized or nourished or lighter or uplifted or happier afterwards? Or do you feel more heavy or drained or exhausted, angry, upset? stressed out afterwards. It matters. And there are unfortunately some people who are more like energy vampires in life because they're hurting themselves and they're sort of bleeding on other people or they're very much in a victim mentality themselves. And you have a right to protect yourself from these energy vampires or emotional drains in that way. Other ways that you can set some boundaries physically to protect yourself from afar is limiting the visits. Maybe you know yourself, you can only handle seeing these people once a year and maybe for a few days max only or one week max. You can also just say, hey, when we're apart, I 
I'm just the kind of person who needs things to be planned. So I can't host you in an impromptu way. I really can't welcome people just randomly dropping by because it's disruptive to my schedule and my home. And I, I want to have my home cleaned up and presentable. If anyone's coming by, you can say things like that. Um, you could also say, yeah, I prefer not no random calls either, just schedule calls, unless it's an emergency, of course. But let's keep in touch over text. Um, you can send gifts or cards from afar. And you can also choose where you go too. I know for me and many other people I've talked to and supported, they say it's tough going back to your childhood home that you grew up in because you, it's just all too easy to sort of emotionally regress and fall back into old patterns or dynamics where your parents treated you more as a child and not as the adult that you are now. And they may even feel like it's their turf or their territory, so you have to follow my house, my rules. But if they visit you, then you might have a little bit more say in everything. It may be more of an equal or balanced dynamic. So aside from those physical boundaries, you can actually set more intangible, more emotional boundaries when you're actually interacting as well. So first I want to stress that it is so, so easy, too easy to fall back into our old patterns of people pleasing or regressing or just deferring um, or also to get really triggered because the people closest to us often know how to just how to push our buttons or things to say or perhaps what they say hurts or just means so much because we care about them so much or they, we know they care about us so much. So being triggered just means that when you get flooded with stress hormones in a stress response and your sympathetic system, nervous system might be really activated and it can be so hard to think straight and you may, some people shut down, that could be more of a freeze response and some people act out in a more reactive, angry, defensive way. And sometimes in the heat of the moment too, people can say things that they don't mean or even later regret too. So I want to emphasize as much as you can to try to stay regulated with your body and calm. Way easier said than done. But here are just a couple of strategies that could help. And you may have heard this already plenty, like breath work, taking the deep breaths doing box breathing or pursed lip breathing and grounding yourself by just feeling the ground underneath your feet or the chair you're sitting in or putting your hands even on your thighs or clenching your fists or just holding on to even a little trinket or grounding item. And also the importance of just taking breaks too. If you notice yourself just getting too riled up, it's okay to just ask for a break ask for some space, go to the restroom even, just for a few minutes, go out for a walk if you can. And just let them know, hey, I'm feeling really stressed or flooded or overwhelmed right now, and I need some space to process. Can we check in later or change the topic and talk about something else? One thing that is used, especially for narcissists, 
is the gray rock method where you try to be like a boring gray rock where you just give short bland answers or maybe just a minimal response even because the narcissist may be trying to get a certain reaction or a rise out of you but if you don't feed into that and you don't engage further or continue that cycle then there's not much fuel or things that they can work with because it's so hard we cannot control other people but we do have power to control our own behaviors thoughts and feelings are hard because a lot of times they could just be automatic but we certainly can control how we outwardly express them other ways this is a specific example that has happened to me a lot when they pull the guilt tripping card and just say after all we did for you or you have to do this things like that and this could be a sample response feel free to mo- to modify any of these to your personal style and what feels right to you i have said i truly care about you but i also need to take care of myself too because if i'm not the best version of myself i wouldn't be able to take care of you either and that hurts both of us far more i'll include in the artwork for this episode but they're the right and the wrong way to give to others we may tend to sacrifice ourselves if we're a cup and we keep pouring our cup and our water into all these other people's cups but if we forget to fill ours and nourish ourselves then we're just going to run dry and be empty at some point it's just not sustainable but if we're able to find some way to fill our own cup so much so that the water actually overflows into other people's cups then that is sustainable and far better for everyone so i always just think of that when i'm feeling guilty that i'm not giving enough it's a reminder that by taking care of myself that i'll ultimately end up with more capacity to give to others and in a very authentic way too another thing that i've personally dealt with is this sort of goalpost shifting when i was in my medical residency training after graduating medical school and i thought about leaving medicine halfway through that my parents were basically just said please just finish the training and we'll support you and accept you whatever you want to do after that but at least please just finish the training and of course once i did that wasn't enough they're like no you have to use it and you already have it it's like what we didn't say that <laughs> and even also saying that you you train to have this gift and you're doing the world a disservice the patients need you because very few people get to have this training just things like that it was really tough to deal with and so nowadays i try to ask them hey just to keep that from happening again or repeating could you let me know what exactly would you like to see from me so that you can feel appreciated and or satisfied if i was making this amount in my alternative career would you be able to let the medical thing go things like that um and in terms of appreciation i already send gifts 
it's like how much how often would you like me to visit and for how long because there have been times when they felt like I overstayed especially during the pandemic when we were quarantining together and they were like we can't tell anyone our 30 something year old child is still living with us for those months and so these things clarifying would help everybody another thing i found to work well is reframing challenging or soothing or reassuring all the first way in reframing or challenging what they say reminds you that you're actually on the same side because they've been really worried i know about security particularly financial security and especially with the pandemic too who wouldn't be but i actually remind them hey I know you're just worried about me trying to pursue art and entrepreneurship instead of the stable income at, that I could be could be making as a doctor. But we actually share the same values. I value security. And to me, that means more than just one income source because a boss can lay me off at any time or I could lose my medical license. But if I've built up these multiple streams of income, then ultimately I am safer. And that might be something that they've never thought of in that way before. And I did find that that made things a little smoother, at least with my dad, <laughs> when I felt I could actually have some wiggle room and a little bit more open of conversations than my mother. Um, another way is the reassurance, just saying that, because a lot of times underneath harsh words, angry words, anger, is a softer emotion, a softer fear or underlying need. And it can help if you speak to this and just reassure them. For example, in the last example of like, yeah, you'll never make it an art, you better quit. I've said to them, I know you're just saying this because you're worried about me. And I assure you, I have backup plans upon backup plans solid plans to make sure that my basic needs will always be met and I won't burden anyone else, including you, while I pursue my dreams. They've also expressed a lot of concern about my singlehood now that I'm 35 and feeling like I'm running out of time for having a family of my own. And they've also said to me, you're going to die alone. And I've responded, Yes, the dating pool does change with age, but I'd rather hold out for a healthy relationship than settle for an unhealthy one, just to not be alone. And don't worry, I won't die lonely or unsupported. I have built a wonderful support system and we can all live together too in community just to make sure that logistics will never be an issue if I do end up needing an emergency or someone to drive me to the hospital or surgery. Things like that. So for figuring out what you do share, finding common ground, that could be so tough when you feel like you're on just complete opposite sides of the spectrum. But you'd be surprised. I have two tools for helping you to do that. Um, but I do need to send you the worksheets and so you can actually fill it out. And they're called the inner and outer circle exercise and then the Venn diagram tool. So just message me if you'd like those sent to you. Um, and at the end of the day, 
if all of that still doesn't help to de-escalate the conversation or the argument or conflict, then I, it's definitely okay to just be very direct and say, we've rehashed this countless times and it's been the same. So let's agree to disagree unless something in the external circumstances change. I'm doing my best and everything I can. And I don't want to talk about this again if we cannot have a respectful discussion. Respect to me means no name calling or yelling or raising your voice. I care about you and want us to enjoy our time together. So let's focus on what we have in common and do something else or talk about something else. You can also say, thank you so much for your advice. I'm ultimately going to make my own decisions, but I appreciate how much you care about me to be saying all this. And I will say again, this is in cases where it's more of a gray zone. If you do feel that your family actually cares about you, they see you as more than just an object or an extension, because there are some people in some cases where it truly is so toxic and so abusive that it is better to just sever the relationships and cut off all contact. But I know that it's such a tricky situation and it's so hard to tell and it may take years. And I know for me, because of the attempts I've made and the way that my relationship with my family has evolved, I don't think that it's too toxic to be able to repair or shift in a way for the better. And I know that deep down, they do really love me and care about me. So now moving on to some tips for surviving awkward reunions with people who know you less well. <laughs> These can be a little bit easier to navigate if you're only seeing them for a couple hours or a day during the visit. I would say you can use things from the gray rock method, keeping your answers short, vague to protect your privacy, keeping a polite and calm tone, maybe even more closed body language as well. Just not fully leaning in and engaging can kind of send the message that, oh, I'm busy or that maybe I want to talk to some other people. You can create reasons to leave a conversation or cut it a little bit early to say, oh, I got to go to the bathroom or I have to want to get a food or drink or I have to make a call. I'd like to catch up with some other people. You can also just say, hey, it was nice seeing you. See you next time. See you next year. If they do ask some questions, you can use these tips to gracefully sidestep and not have to actually share much about yourself. You can shift the spotlight to them and ask them questions about themselves. So if they ask you, like, yeah, I'm good, but how are you? You can change the topic. You can make a joke if they're asking you, oh, you look old, or how old are you this year? You can say, well, I'm forever 21 on the inside. You can also just take a more serious approach and say, I'd rather not talk about that right now or share that but thanks for asking. And if they persist, you can be more firm and say, I don't appreciate you asking about that. 
and would like you to stop asking, please. For specific responses, for example, if they say comment on your appearance or you've gained or lost weight or you're so fat or thin, you could just say, thanks for your concern, but my appearance isn't really your business. Or yes, I'm happy with my body though. Or mm, maybe I did, but I'd appreciate if you didn't comment on it. I'm working on it and it makes me feel even more self-conscious when we talk about it. If they might be asking about your relationship status or when are you going to get married or have kids, you could just say, I'm trying or we're trying or and leave it at that. Or you could say, I'm focused on other goals right now. It's just not much of a priority to me in this moment or I haven't had much of a chance or I'm still figuring out how important that is to me. Hey, did you know that actually through 33% of all people would choose to stay single? Or they do choose, that's the statistic right now. If they ask about your job and you don't want to share much, you could just say, I'd rather not talk about it. You know, there's more to life than work. I'm not defined by what I do, things like that. Or you could say, I'm currently here doing this, but I'm aiming to work in this industry. I'm between jobs or in transition right now. If they try to get you to meet someone else, <laughs> you could say, no, thank you, but I appreciate you thinking of me, or that's so kind of you to offer. Sometimes this is a common one. They would make some comparison remark. They may be like, oh, did you hear that so-and-so accomplished this? Why can't you be more like them? You just say, wow, that's great for them, but I'm on my own unique path and wouldn't want to and couldn't be like anyone else. I'm only competing against myself and the version of me I was yesterday. And I'm doing well. <laughs> and I'm proud of where I'm at. If they seem like respectful enough and open, you could open up a thoughtful discussion about some topics because there may be generational gaps and differences in understanding because of the age difference and the times that they grew up in or cultural differences, it may be a great opportunity to educate them about something that's going on right now. But of course, if they cross a line, it is okay to be very firm and direct. Just saying that was unpleasant. I'm uncomfortable continuing this conversation. I've said it all that I feel comfortable sharing. Can we stop? But again, the overall strategy, I would say, is to decline or say no, but end it on a positive note, because a lot of times people remember the ending more and just offer some way of appreciation. Because at the end of the day, if they're trying to make conversation with you, they're just trying to connect. It means that they care. For things like protecting your energy, especially when you're visiting and you're out of your usual environment. It can be hard to maintain any kind of self-care routine. You may not have access to your usual things. Here are some tips. And again, take what resonates or try it out and leave the ones that don't. Some people do choose that they would rather have their own separate accommodation or at least a private room 
where they can go to to retreat to, especially if they need just more solo time or just some a space where they can really put themselves first in that time period. I would say if things have been very difficult in the past and there have been crazy conflicts, I have thankfully not been kicked out of the house before. Well, except one time I was locked out as a teenager. But thankfully after that, there have only been threats. It, they haven't been followed through on. But I do know some people who unfortunately have had that. And it really helps to have a backup plan, a friend or a safe place that you know that you can retreat to. As I mentioned before, protecting that me time, that alone time, some time unstructured to wind down at least five minutes a day can do wonders for just recentering yourself and for your self-care. You can do it even just by taking a long shower or bath. You can go out for a walk by yourself. It can be so tempting to overschedule yourself. You may have lots of people that you need to visit. But again, just normalizing that it's okay to say no some of the time and to have some gaps of unstructured time for rest or for doing your own thing or even just buffer room because it can be, it's so hard. Actually, it is hard to maintain high energy all throughout. So it's good to just have a little more wiggle room. For some concrete things that you can do, just whatever is soothing to you. You could listen to soothing music, playlists you may have just for unwinding. You could do candles or aromatherapy. You could journal, even if it's while in the crazy car, <laughs> just on your phone, a few moments to be with yourself and your own thoughts. You can do meditation, prayer, and you can treat yourself to something as well, whether good food or drink or buy something wonderful for yourself. From managing your energy, if you are spiritual, or I guess if even if you're not, the, our energies do interact with the people that we're close to, especially the closer that we are to them physically. And so it could be helpful to do a meditation or a ritual to just cast a protective sphere of light or something, a bubble to protect yourself. You can visualize or set up a little safe space or a shrine for yourself. And you might, after an upsetting event, to shake off that negative energy makes a huge difference as well. It actually is part of completing the stress response cycle, which we can go into in another episode, because even animals do it. I'll include in the links, there's a video of a deer, an impala, that just narrowly escaped a lion attacking and eating it. And it actually does this, it's so interesting, a rhythmic shaking to actually discharge the stress response cycle and complete it so that it doesn't continue to carry that in its body because that will affect it later on. And again, if you are going into a very tough environment where they may focus so much on external milestones or achievements or what you don't have in your life, it can be so easy to get 
sucked up into it, believe that, to get down about it. And so it might be helpful to actually bring something tangible, even just like a success log or victory pages of all of the amazing things about you, compliments from other people, affirmations or uplifting quotes that soothe you, just whatever helps you feel good. Just make that little survival kit or self-pick-me-up kit or playlist, or just whatever you find works for you. That can really help when you're around people who may not really see how wonderful you are. And lastly, I'll touch on gifts a little bit where there may be obligations or stress about giving gifts, especially if you are in a tough space financially. It can be tough to really show your love and express that, especially if the people you're visiting place a high emphasis on gifts or lavishness of them or anything like that. So some, just some ideas. You could do home cooking of a dish or baking. You can do a more secret Santa or white elephant models. And you can create ones because oftentimes those custom made ones are the best, in my opinion. And they can be super thoughtful, writing a letter, making a little collage with pictures, drawing a custom card, buying one of those and filling it out, like why I love you books or creating your own, making a gratitude jar or bringing them something that you found in nature, like seashells or leaves. Please get creative with it if that is something that you would like to do. So in any ways, those are just some snippets of the holiday survival guide. It can be a really stressful time. It's complex, full of you know, joy and anticipation, and also sometimes dread and just uh, conflicting feelings. So I would say again, just please go where you are appreciated and try to enjoy what you have in common. That concludes our episode for today. I hope this was helpful. Feel free to use any of these exercises, techniques, or tools, or examples that I gave today. Modify them, and please let me know how they worked for you and how it all went with your family this holiday season, especially with Lunar New Year coming up as well. You can email me or share them with my Exceptions Facebook community. We're actually also doing our community campfire event on January 1st at 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific time. We do them every month or so to connect and meet others struggling with similar issues and to support each other. You don't need to talk or turn your camera on, actually. You can just be with company and even co-work on something that's important to you. This upcoming one next uh, week, though, on January 1st, will be a special one for kicking off the new year because we'll be sharing our visions, hopes, and dreams for the new year and creating a tangible vision board together, either on paper or virtually, if you'd like. If using a vision board feels too hokey or mystical to you, no worries, it's completely optional. I was skeptical about it for a while too, but then I found some scientific studies based in neuroscience about it because it reminds you and keeps your goals at the front of your mind. 
so that your brain actually works harder and better to come up with solutions or creative ways to make them happen versus if they were just kind of in the back of your mind and you didn't remind yourself of them every day. And there's something about the visualness that kind of uses and stimulates both the left and the right sides of our brains too. You may have heard this statistic that we only use about 1% of our brains. That's not a myth. That's not quite too far off. Well, actually, we're only consciously paying attention to 1% of all the possible information coming in to our brains because the other 99% is being filtered into a more background autopilot area of the brain by our reticular activating system or RAS for short, because we just don't have the capacity to pay attention to everything all at once. It's just way too much information and we'd get bombarded and our brains would just have a meltdown if we didn't have this filtering system. So, and I think you can train your brain to be more conscious and of more than just 1% but it's never going to be a hundred percent. And so that's why it's, it is important to maintain focus on your values, your true goals, what's really meaningful to you, especially when you're constantly bombarded by other people's energies and opinions and the media and everything, social media, everything around you, whether they're spoken or unspoken. If you keep your core, and who you truly are, solid and strong, and fill yourself up with your own energy, ideas, and thoughts, then there just won't be as much space or room for other people's energies and ideas, which can distract or knock you off track from your true goals. So anyway, that's why one of the reasons vision boards work. So I'm so excited to be exploring that together next week. As always, if you would like deeper support, feel free to book a call with me. I'm always happy to chat about these topics, give you personalized feedback on your situation, and point you towards recommended support and resources. And if it's a good fit, we can talk about what working together would look like. And I'm also accepting guests on this podcast to share their stories, experiences, and lessons. I'd love to hear from you, particularly if you have questions or differing viewpoints. We're stronger together, and there's so much that we can learn from one another. I hope you have a wonderful last few days of 2023, and I look forward to more great conversations together in the new year. Let's accept and then achieve. See you next week. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed this show, please leave a review, share with someone you love, or subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you'd like to connect more about any of these topics, feel free to schedule a chat with me at drtooney.com, D-R-T-O-O-N-I.com, or join my Exceptions Self-Acceptance community. Links are all in the show notes. See you next week.